Grace, mercy, and peace to all of you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you please bow your head with me? Dear Father, we are gathered here to hear your word, and so we pray that you would keep your promise that when it goes forth, it will not return to you void, but that it will accomplish the purposes for which you sent it forth, and we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. There are sections in the Bible that are so well known, so well recognized, even by people who are not Christians, that they are loved, even by those people who are not Christians, as a beautiful ideal. The prodigal son being taken back by his loving father is one of those examples. And our lesson for this morning is another one. It is revered the world over as the ideal way for people to live with each other. Unfortunately, if we, if we view it simply as an ideal and only as an ideal, then we, we miss the main point of what Jesus is saying in our lesson for today. So let's tune in, shall we? And we'll see if we can't grasp the main point of the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, our lesson actually begins back in verse 25 of Luke chapter 10, although uh, in, our, in our folder it actually begins at verse 35. We'll get to there, but we're going to start with verse, verse 25, and here's what verse 25 says. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answers his question with a question, and there's kind of a ping-pong back and forth between this lawyer and Jesus, first asking a question and then answering the question. And so Jesus pings it back to him. He says, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? Now, this was a lawyer, and he, that is, he was somebody who was a professional at studying the Old Testament law. And so Jesus asks him, you ought to know the law. What does it say? Verse 27. Now the lawyer answers. So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And now Jesus says this. You have answered rightly. In other words, he really did know you. It's a lawyer who knew the law. He, he knew it. You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. Now, is, does it seem to you, if you were in chapel yesterday, that there might be a discrepancy here between what we heard yesterday? Yesterday we heard John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But now to this guy, he said that to a guy named Nicodemus, but now to this lawyer, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor is yourself. And if you do that, you will have eternal life. Seems kind of like a discrepancy anyway. How come in one place Jesus says, do this and you'll have eternal life, and in another place he says, believe on me and you will have 
eternal life? And the answer to that question is found in verse 29. And here it is. But he, that's the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So he pongs back another question to Jesus. And who is my neighbor? But did you catch the part right before that where it says this? And this is why Jesus answers the way he does. Because this man wanted to justify himself. He wanting to justify himself, it says. Asked, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus says, okay, if you want to justify yourself, I'll tell you how to do it. I'll tell you how to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's, uh, and that's when we get to the story of the Good Samaritan that begins in verse 30. And here it is. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So there's the story of the Good Samaritan. Let's, let's notice a couple things about this story, shall we? First is the premise. The premise of the story actually is true. Historians from around the time of Jesus actually uh, took note of that road from Jerusalem to Jericho and talked about how dangerous that road was. And the reason it was dangerous was because it happened to be harbored by thieves who tended to rob people and often obviously beat them as well. And that's what happened to the guy that Jesus talks about in the story. The thieves beat him badly enough that he was half dead but some good news, right? A priest comes along the road, and then a Levite, and uh, those two guys, you would think, because they're in the thick of religious life there in Jerusalem. Both of them worked in the temple, and, and uh, you would think, because they were religious leaders, they would, they would have the strongest conscience, conscience that wouldn't let them pass by this guy, but but not only did they pass by him, they actually saw the guy, Jesus said, and then walked to the other side of the road and, and walked on by. It was left to a Samaritan, a foreigner, to come along and, and help take care of this, this poor man who was beaten on that road. And that's what happens. He wasn't, wasn't a Jewish man. It was a Samaritan. And... And it's an interesting thing Jesus picks a Samaritan because Jews actually looked upon Samaritans with absolute disgust. They couldn't stand the Samaritans. The Samaritans couldn't stand them. They had been enemies for over a century and maybe over two centuries. And, and they couldn't stand each other. And yet that's who Jesus picks in his story to help this, 
dying man. And look how he helped him. First, he dressed his wounds. He put him on his own donkey, took him to an inn, spent the night with him in the inn taking care of him, and then left the innkeeper money to take care of him. And not only that, but said, if it costs more than this, just do whatever it takes to help this guy. And whatever it takes, I'll repay it when I come back by. He invested himself in trying to help this man. And now back to our passage. Verse 36. So Jesus asks the lawyer, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? Well, what else can he say right at this point? What else can the lawyer say? Well, he says, he who showed mercy on him. That's the answer to the man's question. Who is my neighbor? The answer is, don't ask who your neighbor is. You be the neighbor, right? And it's the question of how to justify yourself. You live like that every day without ceasing and you will earn eternal life. We do not know this man's response. Luke ends the story here. I suppose he walked away. But do you, do you wonder, you know, to yourself like I do, did he, did he walk away pondering what Jesus said? Because if he walked away pondering what Jesus said, I'll tell you what pops into his mind. What popped into his mind were all those opportunities to love his neighbor that he let slip right through his fingers. Sometimes on purpose, when he walked right on by seeing someone in need. Other times by simple neglect. And I wonder if you pondered this passage if you might notice the same thing in yourself. Ponder it for a moment, won't you? Sometimes from careless neglect, sometimes knowing precisely what ought to be done and yet walking right on by. And if that is true for you, if you've done that, I sure have, then you know what? You have already lost the opportunity to justify yourself and you and I are going to have to have a different way to stand before God on Judgment Day. We're going to have to have someone who wipes away our sins. We're going to have to have someone save us. That's what we need. We need a Savior. That's what we need. Someone who gives of himself to save people who don't deserve it. Thankfully, there is such a Savior, and his name is Jesus. And he is someone who invested himself to the point of dying upon the cross and bleeding his blood out of his veins. And when he did, he washed away all the sins that you have ever committed, all the good things that you have ever omitted to do that you should have done. He washed it all away. He had the perfect blood that washes away sins like yours and sins like mine. And so believe it this morning, won't you? You're the person. I'm the person to whom he says, if you believe on me, you have eternal life, John 6, 47. And when you believe it, you will find yourself, incompletely for sure, but you will find yourself loving people that you didn't think that you could love because you'll be filled with his love. Believe it, my friend. And the peace that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus 
unto life everlasting. Amen.